Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Hi, this is Ben Mackay from the North Melbourne Footy Club and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Here is your host, Dean. Thank you, Ben Mackay. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I have Frank and Mark back on the show to talk about our impressive round one win against West Coast on the weekend. Uh, I did an episode yesterday talking, got uh, your fans' thoughts, uh, the initial reaction straight after a game, uh, which I'll continue to do for the rest of the season. But today I went a bit more in depth, talked a bit more about the game, uh, team selection, a number of other, other things. So I won't hold you up anymore. I'll bring on, bring on Frank and Mark right now. All right, so once again, joined by Frank and Mark. We're missing one again. Um, you're the most consistent one here, Frank. So you're consistently here each week. It's usually Mark or, or Jesse that's uh, got work issues or something like that. So yeah. Some might say my life is pointless. No, oh, no, nothing wrong with that. No, well, it says something about me, to be honest with you. I'm available pretty much most days. So, yeah. uh, all good. Now... All right, we had a very, very good win. I think it's the first time we've, uh, well, it's probably, you know, well, we uh, had a couple of wins uh, since I've pretty much started the podcast. So it's very rare we're in these uh, waters at the moment. I'll start with you, Frank. Now, before we start about talk about the game, um, what were your thoughts on selection? I was a bit surprised with a few uh, faces um, that uh, got picked and probably didn't get picked more so. Uh, how did you see it? Yeah, same thing. Look, I was surprised. I know when we did our teams, a lot of us went with the one Ruckman. Mm. I was a bit conservative and sort of thought I would have liked the second Ruckman. Uh, but then I was obviously really surprised by when we went with the first Ruckman and it wasn't Todd Goldstein. So um, that one was probably the most surprising. And then there was a couple of others there that didn't make the team that I sort of thought, well, maybe they're injured. Um, but uh, probably the Goldstein one was the one that surprised me the most. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, we all felt that way. Now, five minutes into the, uh, with five minutes left in the first quarter, Mark, um, Todd Gold, uh, not Todd Goldstein, uh, Tristan Sherry goes down uh, with a serious ankle injury. What did you think of the selection of the team then? Um, no, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I've been an advocate for probably 18 months, um, and particularly after the first round last year, not only did I not want to see three ruck on the same side, I, I don't like seeing two particularly when it's Goldstein and Tristan Derry, I, I think neither of them are good enough up forward, I don't think. I mean, no goalie could be very handy up forward, but mm. um, I just don't think it works. I, don't think, it, I think it just makes a mess of our forward line. I think um, unless you're a... Unless you, oh, you're a Luke Jackson, and even he's struggling with it at the moment, unless you can have a real impact as a forward and almost deserve your place in the side as a forward, I, I don't think you can have a, a ruck and just sitting in your forward line for half a game or close to it. Um, and not adding much because if they don't mark the ball, it hits the ground and, and the ball gets walked out. So I, I was more than happy for Jerry to be the um, ruckman, and I would have been just as happy if Goldstein was, as long as they're not both on the same side. I don't think it can happen on the same side. I think um, longer term, I think um, there's a chance, and I've said this a long, and I know there's going to be someone listening who's going to be adamantly disagreeing with this, but I'd rather generally have, and maybe it was proven by the weekend, that there's Callum Coleman-Jones sitting as um, the sub in case we lose a key forward or a ruckman uh, like just 
like that in that situation. So I must admit, when he went down, I thought we, we're like we're, we're in big trouble now because we don't um, we don't have someone as a sub to come on and fill that role. Um, we had a Will Phillips who I thought actually should have been in the starting twenty two in the side. Um, so I, I, I was I was very worried. When I, I don't know, by the way, I didn't watch it till Saturday night. I managed to keep my phone turned off all day. I didn't know the result, but yeah, as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, because he was playing brilliantly, I thought. Yeah, he was. Um, so, uh, yeah, I thought we'd see trouble. I mean, I, I thought Common would go in the ruck. I thought Charlie would go in the ruck. Um, and I thought he'd do a good job, but I just worried well, then what that would do to our forward line structure. But he, he managed to keep uh, keep his presence in the forward line as well a fair bit, so I'm sure we'll talk about that. But, um, hmm. Yeah, it was. I don't think you can blame the selection. I mean, that's just a freak injury. That just hasn't happened to us for two years. Um, losing a ruckman in the middle of a game, so it's just one of those things. Very unlucky. He's playing well. Uh, turned out okay. Probably the best thing that's ever happened to Charlie Common because that that game will give him enormous confidence, given um, what a fantastic effort he put in. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, Frank. Oh. When uh, Tristan Cherry was dominating hitouts, we we're pretty much losing the clearances, and then when he went off, we started winning the clearances. Um, and we weren't uh, getting too many hit-outs. I mean, Hugh Greenwood was competing around the ground pretty well, and uh, Charlie Coleman was probably losing his fair share of hit-outs. It's, it's funny. Uh, is uh, the Ruckman a very overrated position, Frank? Oh, look, I don't think so, Dean. I, think, I mean, you've got to remind yourself, we are playing against the Eagles uh, as well. You know, you wouldn't like that to happen against Melbourne, <laughs> um, you know, or the Bulldogs. Uh, but, look, I, I was really surprised by what just the effort from Combin and Greenwood was what really surprised me. I just nervously sort of watched Combin in the middle, just wondering what that sort of um, clash uh, in the centre bounces would could possibly do to him. Mm. But look, I think in the end it, it was just more of, um, not getting flogged in the ruck is yeah. probably what saved us, and, and both of them were able to at least compete and then give the midfielders a chance. So look. Uh, you know, if, if if Max Gorn was to knock on the door for round two and go, I want to play for you guys, you wouldn't say no. So yeah. I still think there's a, a role there for the um, uh, the, the a really top line ruckman. Um, I guess we just didn't have access to one on the weekend. I mean, Coleman's had 11 score involvements, you know, in the game more than any other player in the field. Yeah. So yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. Like well as fighting his guts out in the ruck and running around the ground, competing hard, tackling, second and third effort. He's had more score involvement than any other player. I mean, it's, it's, it's what was basically 40-degree heat. So it was a phenomenal effort, given he, he probably hadn't spent any time, really, in a ruck during the off-season, apart from a couple of minutes here and there in the practice game. Mm. Yeah, I, look, I thought he was enormous. I was just fearful, that's all. Oh, I kind of would really yeah. like to not expose him to that kind of physicality, you know, for at least a month or six weeks just to let his body adjust. But to his credit, he didn't have a choice. He went in there and he certainly didn't um, shirk the issue. No, uh, no he, yep. he was uh, he was brilliant. Uh, any other su- surprise uh, selection uh, selections in the team for you, Mark, outside of the ruck situation? Not, not um, yeah, the you know, look, in, in hindsight, it probably made Given West Coast didn't have that many tools and they did a good job, I, 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 I just assumed Core would come into that side, to be honest. Mm. Um, especially once Mackay was injured, I just thought that that was a given he would come in. So clearly they felt like he needed 
think, think this was still slightly underdone. They didn't want to risk perhaps a soft tissue injury. Um, he, just, he just needed another week. So the, the fitness guys probably just didn't feel he's quite ready. But, um, yeah, that's a problem. I just thought Core would play. But they're, they're obviously looking at the long game. They don't want more injuries. We've, we, we've already got Coleman Jones now, Terry and Mackay out. We haven't got that many tools up our sleeve. So I suppose they've got to be careful. Yeah, yeah and, definitely. You know, I thought it worked out okay. Yeah, 100%. Uh, anything else to add to that, Frank, before we move on to the game? Nope. No, that was bang on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. I, and, and I still think it's, I, I was disappointed Will Phillips wasn't in the starting 22. Um, but again, that was probably more of just, just easing him into it slowly after missing all of last year. Um, but I thought he was very good when he came on anyway. Yeah, yeah. He played, he played a big role. He had 16 odd touches um, in three quarters. Yeah, seven, seven all the touches he had. He did yeah. make many mistakes, did he, Will Phillips? No, well, the start of the second quarter, he did that beautiful pass to Nick, Nick Larky Lacey out, uh, you know, under a little bit of pressure, um, not too much pressure, but um, still didn't panic or bomb the ball away, and that's that's probably his greatest strength, his ability to lower his eyes and hit up targets. Um, yeah, so, no, he certainly played a role. Now, we might as well go to the game. Um, now, we'll start with the back line. Um, I'll go with you, Frank. Uh, what, do you, what did you make of the back line now? Uh, Mark obviously touched on it that uh, we're probably a little bit short not playing Aiden Core there or uh, Callum Dawson. Um, how, how do you think they went uh, on an individual and collective basis? I think there's one player in particular we'll talk about in a minute. Um, let's get in all the headlines. But um, yeah, what, what about uh, yeah, like uh, yeah, the rest of them, I guess. Look, I, I thought they did reasonably well. My fear was that they would be exposed um, to uh, a marking power. Uh, and it didn't really sort of eventuate. A lot of their goals came from crumbing um, and, and pressure acts in our back line. So it, we didn't leak goals from where I thought we'd leak goals. So I guess that was uh, a positive. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, I guess the criticism from me, Mark, uh, is probably we didn't kill enough contests. I mean, there was a lot of balls that went to ground. They got a, a few cheap goals early in the first quarter. I know Oscar Allen missed one from the goal square, um, which he should have kicked, but uh, they kicked a couple during the course of the game where they went deep, and we just didn't kill a contest, uh, punch the ball out of bounds enough or punch it through for a behind. Now, that was probably the only criticism I had, but as a as a collective, I thought they worked really hard and worked really well together. How do you see it, Mark? Yeah, um, no, that's a really good point. Did, were you watching it live, Dino? Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I wasn't at the stadium. I was. Uh, I was. Uh, I, I succumbed to man flu on Saturday. So, yeah. Oh, I, no, I, yeah. I meant we were watching it at the stadium because it's, it's harder. I think sometimes it's harder to see. Yeah, on television going on around, but because um, I've had a few North supporters say exactly what you just said then, that they they felt like, um, and they blamed Bonner after this a few times because they just they didn't get out marked, but they didn't clear the ball out properly and it gave too much opportunity for the smalls. I, I found it harder to pick that up on TV, to be honest. Um, uh, and I was probably more... Because I was expecting trouble, that their, their two big tools would, would... Especially after the first quarter where they already had one each. Hmm. I was thinking, oh, no, that, that, that extrapolates out over four quarters. They're going to kick four each and we're going to be in trouble. But... Um, they did a pretty good... I mean, I was very happy to keep... I think they kicked three between the two of them for the entire game. That's a pretty good result. I think Oscar Allen got two and Jack Darling got one. If someone had said that to me before the game, I would have taken that any day. Yeah. yeah. So overall, very good. I, I think um, if Core does come in, I don't think Zeeble can stay in that side as well as Core. Um, 
because I think they'll lose the run out of the they'll, they need the extra run out of defence. And I think God, I don't, I don't want to see Goat or Booth and go out. Um, because I thought they were great with that run out of defence was excellent and then you've got Sheasel um, delivering the ball the way it was. So I wouldn't want to mess with that dynamic. So I think if a core comes in, unless he's replacing Bonner, but I think they need generally, they didn't need it since last week, but I think generally you need three tools. Um, you know, it, I mean, even this week with Jackson, um, I think Taberner, and you know, you probably, maybe this week less likely to be a problem because they'll be Jackson, Taberner and Fife, I think. So um, they, they won't be a stretch. So they can probably be a bit more flexible again this week. Yeah. Um, but the long term, I think I think there'll be three tools. And they, they normally you would expect to be Mackay, um, Logue and, and Core or Bonner, who is in better form. And um, and then I think it makes it difficult for Jack to play because he essentially played as the third tool. Uh, in that side, and I, I, I then you can't stretch it to a fourth player that, that really doesn't have league speed. Mm. Then you've got McDonald's in there, then you're down to one. So it, 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 you really need Gota and, and Bergman, who I thought were terrific with their running. Um, and by the way, I'm hearing just on uh, complete aside, I'm hearing some, um, uh, I'm hearing some very very strong uh, rumours that there's going to be some exciting uh, re-signings or extensions coming up in the uh, next um, very short period, and Bergman will be one of those, um, with some even more exciting ones alongside him. So that's great to hear. But I, that, oh, the reason I bring that up is I think they rate Bergman extremely highly. So I think, um, and I, after what I saw on Saturday, I agree. Now um, we didn't really get to see enough of him in that first, his first game last year, and he's so slightly built. Um, but he's he probably put on six or seven kilos. Not that you can really tell. He still looks so thin, but he's probably always going to have that Michael Tuck type build. But he was tough on Saturday, and um, his running, his disposal, his kicking was terrific out of the back line, I thought. Yeah, I think his disposal is quite good, yeah. answer to a short question. <laughs> What's that? Sorry? That was a very long-winded answer to a short question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Um, now... I'll go to you, Frank. Uh, is Harry Sheasel the greatest footballer that ever played the game? <laughs> uh, look, it was an outstanding debut. I was at the game, uh, but I was at the um, the north end at the cheer squad. And, uh, I mean, obviously, watched that first kick come out of the centre and it landed on his chest. And I sort of thought, good on him. He's got a disposal now. He, he, he can take that to the bank. <laughs> didn't realise he was going to pick up another 33. Yeah. Um, so I was just happy that he took that chest mark and got a kick early. I know the kick itself wasn't great, but, um, yeah, look, he, he looked really well balanced. Uh, his kicking looked fantastic. You add in first game nerves and you just sort of think, God, you know, it could, what could the kid build up to uh, with another 20 games under his belt? Um, so uh, <laughs> greatest ever, I, I, I wouldn't say that, but uh, he's certainly was uh, uh, worth the, the price of admission to see that effort. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, I, I, like, we talk about composure. I mean, I've never seen a first gamer. Like, I know there'd be nerves, but he didn't look like a player that played his first game. He looked like a player that's been playing his whole career. He looked like Scott Pendlebury back there, like just the way he used the ball and uh, created. I've never seen a debut, particularly North Melbourne, I've never seen a debut like yeah. that. Um, yeah, he just looked... Uh, Way too comfortable uh, for a first gamer, to be honest with you. And even, um, you know, Mark, like, you know, toward the end of the game, like, he's still running as strong as he was in the first quarter. Uh, he must be a very, very fit young individual. You see players going down with cramps all weekend, and he, he just looks... Yeah, uh, no, he, he's, 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 he's
He didn't raise a sweat. He's one of the first in the 3K time trial. So he's a good, he's a good athlete as well from a running perspective. I, um, the only taboo I've seen as good as that was Mark Law playing for Australia in his first test match, in his first test innings, he made 100. Yeah. And, um, and the reason I, I mentioned Mark War is it's the same thing. Yeah. Everything slows down around him. Yeah. Uh, and Scott Pendlebury is a good example as well. Mark War made fast, the West Indian fast bowlers didn't look anywhere near as quick when he was batting. It just looked like he had time to make decisions. And that's what Sheasel's like. He, he looks like he's got more time than anyone else on the ground to make a decision. And, and to look like that in your first game of AFL footy when the speed is supposed to be what catches you out, um, it's just quite bizarre. But the guy's a natural genius in terms of both uh, his decision making and his ability to see what's happening, to know where to go. That's, I've never seen anything like that in my lifetime. I've been watching since the mid 70s. So, um, in terms of North, I've never seen anyone taboo uh, like that and look that composed. It's just extraordinary. I mean, Nick Dacos was probably similar last year, but he didn't do that in round one. It took him a while. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, probably, it's uh, probably a good comparison, isn't it? Like uh, him and Dacos last year, like his first season last year was on the halfback flank, set up the play, and yeah, it was a yeah, very similar performance uh, to that. Well, well, what is most extraordinary to me is he was considering an X-factor forward, hmm. and he's playing like that in the halfback flank. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, he, 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 we thought we were getting this X-factor half-forward, Toby Green, with, with you know, who does, he's got these tricks. And, he, and we've seen that already in the practice matches. When he, um, he did he kick three against Richmond, or was it in the was that the interval? Well, I think he kicked three against Richmond. Oh, two or three, uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So he kicked three goals as, a, as an X factor for small forward against Richmond. Then and now and last quarter against the Dogs, he goes back gets ten possessions in the last quarter, and then certainly proves it's the most fluke in his first game, getting thirty four, and reading the play better than anyone else on the ground. I was in contact with the player. Uh, who played a very good game for us on the weekend, and he said to me, he said it was ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it, uh, and that was one of the, the guys playing the game for North. So, um, and then he also made the comment that uh, the playing group absolutely loved him, loved him and Wardlaw, that, mm. uh, and how great it was to have two fantastic people at the club, and, that, and that's coming from a starting twenty-two player. So um, that was awesome to hear that, um, and they and. The other thing I can tell you from uh, the playing group was they were absolutely wrecked after the game playing in that heat. They were absolutely exhausted. So, yeah. uh, and exhausted but ecstatic was the comment I got. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's great to hear from inside the playing group. They just they're very excited and thrilled with that win, and um, just really, from what I can understand, the culture in there at the moment is absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, probably got something to do with one player leaving as well last year, so it probably helps a little bit. And well, you're getting uh, lovable players, um, yeah, that people you know want to play at your football club. Well, I think that was his point. I think that was the point he was making. But um, he just he didn't mention other players. He just said it was fantastic to have you know great quality people like that in the side. So, um, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Really, I mean, from a cultural perspective, I think. People forget that's a new game plan these guys have had to go with. I mean, today all we've heard is, oh, how bad West Coast are, they're a disgrace. How could they lose? You know, there's a Kane Corn carrying on, they're the biggest losers from the weekend, and he picked them as their certainty to win and blowing. The best coach of the modern era is coming to North Melbourne in their fourth, it's basically their fourth year of a rebuild because we've come 17th, 18th, 18th. 
and we've had some fair few quality kids come in. There was no reason to believe we wouldn't be competitive. I just think that's nonsense. So I thought uh, we, I thought we were superb, and I think we got a bit tired towards the end. But they played exactly how I would have hoped they would have played. I wasn't expecting us to get trounced by West Coast by any means. No, I don't think uh, anyone really was. I, I mean, I think with Kane Corns, he's got a bit of a... You know, I mean, it seems like uh, most of the media have got a bit of a personal agenda against North Melbourne at the moment. Uh, we're pretty much the ho- most hated team in the media by uh, most pundits, so it doesn't matter. We can uh, draw strength from that and uh, use it to our advantage. Uh, Frank, the only criticism I have of Harry Sheasley, he can kick two or three goals. That's about the only thing I could find. Um, it's a bit hard when you're in the back line, but uh, hopefully uh, he can still get... You know, we can... Uh, he can have a twin brother or something like that that can play forward and he can play back because, um, geez, he's, yeah, I mean, he set the bar pretty high, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he certainly has, and that, that's great. You know, look, I, I'm, I'm always a bit cautious about uh, down the, uh, at our end, at the North Melbourne end there, uh, there was a fellow with an Israeli flag and uh, people were getting him to sign boxes of chisels and, I mean, he was the man of the moment, and rightfully so. But I just hope that the pressure and the expectation doesn't get to him. Mm. Uh, that you know, so if he has a stinker next week or the week after or whatever, that it's it's not the end of the world. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Dean, he set the bar really, really high. Now the question is, is that just his? You know, is that his average, or is is, uh, is oh. that one one out of the box, or is he just warming up? Something mm. in between, surely. You can't average 30 calls against the game every week. Correct. Yeah, correct. Something, so, something in between, and I think they'll throw him forward. They'll throw him in the midfield occasionally. They'll be, hopefully give him a rest at some point. Um, Leroy, my Roddy, agree. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, I, I mean, look, you shouldn't probably focus too much on, on Harry because some other, other, other top performances as well, but... Um, if he averages twenty possessions for the season, that'll be you know, and the way he, the way he uses it, um, boy, will be doing well. It'll be hard yeah. to beat the rising star if he does that. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that mark is exactly my fear is not fear, just uh, um, yeah, I don't, I don't want them to focus too much on him. Okay, look, he's had an outstanding debut. He was absolutely fantastic. Now let's move on to you know the next game and someone else that's played really well or someone else that's coming up. Uh, because he certainly was the centre of attention down that uh, cheer squad end at the end of the game. Well, and that's 100% correct. And, and you think about it, if, if he wasn't playing, or and we still won that game, you look at what happened across the game. I mean, LBU stamped himself again as someone who's about to become a superstar of the competition. You've got Paul Curtis, who literally could be anything. Um, I mean, he's going his second year as a small forward. He's taking Mark, Pat Mark, he's taking he's snapped goals, he's chasing down people, he's doing everything. I mean, he's, he's as exciting a second-year player as you'll find. Mm. Um, yeah. So, you know, and then and then you've got, what I, which I um, wasn't sure he should be playing, and I admit I was wrong, uh, Liam Shields, who I, I thought shouldn't have kept Will Phillips out before the game. Uh, now I've changed that to another player, shouldn't be keeping Will Phillips out. But I, I thought Liam Shields was absolutely brilliant with the way he led. Um and coached out on the ground and everything else. So now I certainly think he's, he's adding incredible value at the club this year already. So, um, yeah, I mean, he might he probably won't play every game this year, but boy, he, there was certainly a lot of value out of him on the weekend. And then, and then there's players like um, Bergman and Goza, who are second-year players. I mean, they, they were terrific. Yeah, yeah. Bailey, Bailey yeah. Scott went to another level. I thought he was explosive as well. So lots, lots of like 
players that looked underdone. I thought Taylor looked a little underdone, and I thought um, Tannis, uh, Frank, I'm sure you'll have something to say about this, but I thought Tannis looked a bit average. It wasn't in this game. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to the players uh, soon. Um, yeah, we we talked to, you know, like last couple of years, um, how we haven't been able to play a forward half game. And a lot of that's probably to do with, um, you know, the game plan we've instilled uh, through previous coaches. But I felt like probably from about halfway through the first uh, quarter, where it was looking a bit bleak, um, we'll turn the ball over a little bit. Uh, but from halfway through the first quarter to about, you know, um, Oh, five, ten minutes to go in the third quarter. We really controlled the game and played a four-and-a-half game and built a really good lead, and uh, that's a really good sign, isn't it, Frank? Yeah, look, and the thing that I really liked, too, was the, the repeat um, the, the repeat efforts in the forward line and the repeat entries. The ball got locked in our forward line. Like, we didn't score heavily, but it didn't just get walked out, which was, which was really pleasing. So, mm. yeah, I was just happy to see it... To see the Eagles have to work to get the ball out of um, out of our forward line, which, like you said, Dean, there's been years where it looked like it was just a, a you know a procession as it got walked out. Yeah, yeah, and I, I felt like even when we did turn it over, Mark, that they were set up behind the ball quite well. That they had to stop West Coast and just even chip sideways. They couldn't counter attack. And yeah, I mean, it, it makes a difference having a coach. And I'm not going to have it. I'm not having dig at David Noble or Reece Shaw or anyone in the past. But um, it just goes to show you have an experienced coach, um, you know, of 20 odd years in you know AFL football who's won premierships. That uh, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And I'm sure St Kilda feel the same way today mm. as well. I mean, they had 17 players off their list injured, and they bring in a coach like Ross Lyon <laughs> and um, half the mind to win. Yeah, um, I'm yeah, sure every supporter loved it. 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, you talked about identity before, and I feel like a couple of players that uh, really shaped that identity are Liam Shields and even Hugh Greenwood. And they're, they're probably a big reason why they get picked because, you know, you look at Liam Shields taking back and back into a pack um, to take a big contested mark in the second quarter, then riding a hard bump on the wing against Luke yeah. Shuey, getting a, um, you know, continuing on and getting a, you know, a free kick. Hugh Greenwood giving everything he had in the ruck. Um, they're really good. Uh, players to shape your culture for the future, aren't they, Frank? Like, uh, I think this year Clarkson's going to you know, look. We talked about his game plan. He's obviously you know, very clued up with that, but he's obviously picking players that uh, are going to sh- uh, set you up uh, culture-wise. You know, the shinbone of spirit that we talk about um, for years to come, um, just by picking players like that. They're just going to give you everything they have. The thing I loved about Shield game, uh, Dean, on the weekend was. There was a couple of times where he didn't need to go or didn't need to take the contact. He could have tapped the ball on or he could have uh, tried to tap it on in front of him. Mm. Especially a guy that's achieved what he's achieved in footy. But he took he took the body contact. And uh, and it was almost like, look, don't don't pat me on the back for it. This isn't this isn't the exception, this is the rule that mm. if you want to go where I've been this is expected from, from everyone. And that's what I really liked about his game. There were just some moments there where he had every right to sort of go, oh, I'm not going to go for this. And and he didn't. And I think the younger kids and, and other players would have stood around sort of thinking, well, you know, that's that's the level you've got to hit if you want to play at, that, uh, at the last day in September. Yeah, 100%. Or even in September, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, we're not even close yeah. to at the moment. So, yeah, look, uh, yeah, I mean... Mark, Hugh Greenwood uh, had to play around the ground ruck and did a very good job, to be honest with you. Almost, it almost came to our advantage, really, because he was able to compete in the hit-outs, and he's a, he's a very good... And he played as an extra mid straight after it. And, uh, yeah. And he's a, he's a very good clearance player. That's his strength, really. Very long arms, which helps him both as a tackler and his famous. He's probably the best tackler in the AFL, close to it um, for that. But also... He's tall and got his back and long arms. He's given a bit of reach. So the, the plan was always for him to play the second ruck, apparently, in that game. Um, obviously, he wanted to be doing as much as he had to do. But um, so I think, I think they've got that plan in mind that they will probably more often than not stick with one ruckman and either Goldie or Cherry will play. Um, unless unless maybe Tom Colin Jones comes in as a you know, pitching uh, ruckman who's playing mainly forward. So... It's interesting. I mean, it worked. He, you know, he, he, looked, he looks like they're quite certain because as Clarko said to him, or he said in the interview, Greenwood said, well, Clarko said to me, well, once the ball hits the ground, you'll be another midfielder in there. So that'll give us an advantage. So I think that's clever. I think it's good thinking. I think that, that'll work. Um, and we've, we've already seen the... Now look, I think um, Frank made a good point that... Um, I don't know. I, I think if you're playing against... You know, if um, Nick Nack was playing in that game, they probably would have had to at least have had Goldstein as the sub, um, or you know, or Callum Gong Jones as available as the sub. If the risk gets too high, you've got somebody got Nick Nack dominating, or Melbourne where they've got two dominant ruckmen looking to work it over. I think you'd have to in that game at the very least. So they have two ruckmen or have one as the sub. I certainly agree with Frank on that. But in that situation, I thought it worked really well. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. Here, Greenwood. Clean shields. Um, those guys will play a lot of footy this year, and they're protecting the bodies of the, uh, the younger guys. And I'll be fair to Jack Beagle, that's exactly what he's doing as well. 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, we might as well talk about the ruck now. Um, Tristan Sherry probably looked like a pretty serious ankle injury. We're certainly hoping it's not. I haven't heard too much about it today. Um, oh, I was, sorry, I can give you an update. Right? Oh, go uh, on. So he had surgery um, and um, they haven't said exactly how long, but the, the expectation is to say 10 weeks. Yeah, so that means... So uh, yeah, go Syndesmosis surgery, essentially, on his ankle. Yeah. Uh, very unlucky, but uh, yeah, so it's probably, you know, we're almost looking middle of the season uh, before he's back, which is, which is sad considering the great pre-season he's had and how well he looked on Saturday before that, before that happened. But, you know, we've got a champion Ruckland to come in and, um, and hopefully Calvin Cobble-Jones isn't too far away. And, and Hamish Freed's doing pretty well on the VFL side, so um, he's an interesting watch as well. Not so not so much shape of it, he seems to still be finding, finding his path, but... Um, Hayes Street's an interesting one as a long-term prospect. Yeah, I mean, it makes it interesting. We've pretty much only got two fit ruckmen on the list now. Um, yeah, yeah, so we've been halved in that regard. So, yeah, Hamish Free's only one more injury away from getting the games. But, um, yeah, I mean, going forward, Frank, uh, we've probably, you know, Goldstein comes straight in, doesn't he? Oh, you'd have to think so. But, um, <laughs> you know, one thing we've learned over the last week is that Clarkson and the match committee are prepared to take risks, or at least... Perceived risks. So, yes, I'm going to say Goldstein, but uh, yeah. who's to say Hamish Free doesn't uh, make his way into the side? So, who knows? Yeah. Uh, Mark, you don't think uh, Harry Sheezer could play in the ruck as well? I think he could. <laughs> He'd probably, uh, probably get best on ground there, too. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be putting a Rolls Royce um, into the ruck, for sure. Um, no, we're, we're wrapping him in cotton wool. But uh, I tell you what, he didn't look he didn't look stressed uh, in heavy traffic, did he, Harry? He's, uh, I mean, we talk about his skill, but he's tough as well. But um, probably spoken about him enough. But yeah, no. If Hamish Freak was to play in the next few weeks, that would be extraordinary. Because when, when they picked him up, I thought, oh, why do we need another ruck on? We've already got plenty on the list. But as it turns out, it was a smart move. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, it looks like a smart move at the moment. So. Yeah, we'll uh, see how we go uh, with that. I mean, we've got Charlie Combin now. Uh, Pinch did pretty well in the centre square as a ruckman as well. He did. He competed quite well in there and had a very good game. Uh, Frank, uh, what are the who are the players outside of Harry Sheasel? Um, yeah, Luke Davis Uniac. I mean, he was fantastic as well. Uh, any other players that really uh, you thought that uh, played exceptionally well? Oh, look, I don't know about exceptionally well, but I was happy to see the progress. I thought Tommy Powell. Mm. Um, uh, showed another level of composure again. He's spying the footy a bit more. The hands are just absolutely laser-like. Uh, I mean, he's so fast that you swear he's thrown the ball and you come home and watch the replay and, uh, and he handles it. He just he seems to be a half a second ahead of everyone else as far as his, as his hands go. Um, uh, look, uh, yeah, I thought... Uh, look, a big rap on Greenwood because I thought, you know, he... He battled his guts out in a role that would be completely foreign to him, and I thought he he did a really good job in making sure our midfielders could still get access to the ball. I thought Logue did pretty well. You know, yeah. had took some intercept marks there where he needed to. Just made me wish all the more that he had Mackay there next to him. Uh, but uh, all in all, I think there was a uh, there was a few there that I uh, that I think we've already spoken about that I thought did some. Some, some some great work and um, yeah uh, it was just a, I thought I, I was just really 
um, taken by uh, Tommy Powell's development. Yeah, look, he's he's shown signs, hasn't he, over the like preseason that he's he's due for a big season, and it didn't it almost didn't surprise me that he had a really good game like that. And I've seen his hands before, and it, yeah, they are very uh, quick. That is his greatest strength. Uh, reminds me a little bit of Daniel Harris, how he used to do it. He, he was very good in and under with his hands as well um, back in the day. Um, it was yep. interesting to see him on the weekend present a jumper to uh, uh, I think it was Liam Shields. Wasn't it? So, what's that, mate? Daniel Harris looks super fit. Well, I think he's still he playing like, local football, so, yeah. Yeah, he looked like he's still playing, but look at him. Yeah, I think he's still playing local football. I'm, I'm not 100% sure of that, but, no, he certainly, um, yeah, he still looks very trim. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, uh, what about yourself, Mark? Any players that uh, really stood out for you? I mean, it would be it would be a crime if we didn't talk about Elder U and how good he was. I mean, we, I think Harry Sheasel took a fair bit of attention away from him, but, um, geez, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Uh, I am. Um... I don't always like reading um, what Mark Robinson has to say, but I must admit, I did like it today. He, made, he said a lot of people were talking about LDU, the same way they used to talk about Jeff Brain, same type of player, but um, he just wins the ball and then explodes uh, out of, away from the contest. To me, that's very similar to what Chris Judd did at, um, at his peak. Yeah. Um, he's just amazing to watch. I think we're almost starting to take him for granted. He does it seems like every time he plays at the moment. I thought Bailey Scott was terrific. I thought his speed was really explosive uh, during that first half in particular. I, as I said, I love Bergman and Gota. Um, I thought Lowe was absolutely rock solid. I didn't think Bono did much wrong. Uh, I thought Cam Zerha had a solid game. I think he looked super fit, and I think he was really good. I, played, I think he played an unselfish game as well. He was running up and back a lot. Um, I don't think we had too many players that didn't play well. There was probably a few that, you know, there was a couple that struggled a little bit, but I thought generally uh, it was good. And, of course, our full forward. I mean, um, Larky just had an outstanding game, you know, and that goal he kicked in the last quarter, that snap, um, when we were really tired, struggling, that, that to me felt like it just gave the whole side enough energy to get through the rest of the game mm. uh, when we were really looking exhausted. And I thought Luke McDonald and John Simpson as the leaders were good, so... I think we could have picked, we were inaccurate a few times with some easy goals, and I think um, as we get more experience, we'll close games out. Well, as much as the media is not giving us much credit, I don't think we gave West Coast any chance. And I thought, as you've already pointed out, uh, Liam Shields and Greenwood were great, showed some great leadership as well. So, Kurt and I've already mentioned Curtis. So, I don't think there were many players that would have, would have been really unhappy with their game. Um, we'll probably talk about some that didn't have a great game, but. Yeah, those are the guys that all stood out for me. And in terms of just pure excitement, I, I really love Paul Curtis. I think he's going to keep getting better. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I say that, I'm just watching the replay of the game at the moment. He's just taking that grab on the goal, on the um, goal line where he knocked his head into the goalpost. I mean, he's kicked two brilliant goals in a row at that point in the game. I mean, he's just he's the guy. He's going to be one of those guys who can have a ten minute burst where he causes carnage. Yeah. And um, we haven't had that for a while, so it's pretty handy. Yeah, hundred percent. No. Couldn't agree more with that. He, um, yeah, he kicked a nice snap. Uh, beautiful tap by Hugh Greenwood in the second. And then, yeah, took a very courageous mark as well. He would have known a goalpost was there um, yeah. at, uh, where he kicked his uh, second goal. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention Charlie Combin. I thought he was, because uh, uh, he's, your, he's your boy, uh, Mark. Um, I oh, thought he was fantastic. Um, yeah, I've, I've talked about him all day. <laughs> I'm probably Charlie Combin out. No, I thought, I, I thought that'll be the making. I mean, that was only his third AFL game, 11 score involvement. 
Um, he's second and third efforts. He played the ruck. He was doing stuff up forward. I think he was showing a lot of energy for the rest of the group. So I think he was a bit of a barometer. I think he was excited by the challenge he was given and he responded to it. And um, I think he'll get better from here. I think um, he'll, he'll, he'll be very excited now. He'll feel like he belongs at that level. And um, that'll give him some inspiration. And he got a coach to say today, so he's feeling pretty proud of himself, I'm sure. Yeah, so he should too. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was fantastic. Now, Frank, um, we might as well go to you. Uh, any players you feel like struggled? I, I feel like you're going to name one in particular. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm, a, I'm attacking the guy just deliberately. But look, let's just say that there was a couple of moments in that last quarter where I thought, come on, uh, the ball's ended up in your hand. We really need some leadership. And, and both times... One was a horrible turnover, oh, uh, and then and then it was only a few minutes later he switched the ball to Griffin Logan centre half back and missed him by ten metres, uh, and it didn't affect us in the end. But there were just little things like that when I'm thinking when we really need some some steadiness and some leadership. He was seemed to be the first guy that got the shakes. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't think he gets the shape. I, I don't think he's as talented as, as most players on the list. I just think it's just, he's just his whole career has been based on outrageous effort. And I think, um, yeah, sometimes yeah. both, you know, at, at crucial times. I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I don't necessarily think he's a best 22 player. In fact, I don't think he's a, a best 22 player. I don't think he'll play on next flag, but. I don't think it's crumbling under pressure. I just think it's. I just. Don't, I think it's a skill uh, deficiency that he's probably had always, and, it's, uh, and, and suddenly it shows out more now because he's got all these top ten draft picks around him that are incredibly yeah. skillful. Yeah. Um, whereas and he hasn't had the past. He's, and, and you know, he's, he's effort because of what he's brought with effort. Brad Scott and all the other coaches have gone. Well, we've got to we'll stick him every week, and even this year they've been doing the same thing because they know what they're going to get. Yeah. But I think, I think we're at a point now where if Will Phillips isn't playing because Turner's on the ground, that's not going to be good enough anymore. I think yeah. you're right from that perspective. Yeah, look, I'm probably Mark trying to be a bit, uh, you know, a, a little bit diplomatic to him, but you're right. I mean, three effective disposals for the game. I just don't know how long that's going to keep him in the side. And maybe it was because we were under pressure and so you, you feel the game could slip at any second. But I just thought those two disposals, were just infuriating into what they could have become. And um, so enough said about that. I think the other guy that's probably sleeping pretty nervously would be Stevenson. I just, uh, again, didn't see, I didn't think he did enough. Um, It it just didn't really show that that sort of desire. Um, Three effective disposals for the game as well. Um, Again, I I just don't know how long that's going to keep him in the side. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, you're going to have bad games, especially being a forward. I mean, I guess the, the most important thing for me, and you probably agree with this, Mark, that they still contribute in other ways. They still, like Kane Turner still laid nine tackles. Um, his pressure acts were right up there as well, as well as um, James Stevenson, who laid five tackles. Um, because the defensive side of James Stevenson doesn't come easy for him, does it, Mark? No, I think... Um I, I, yeah, I, I, I am I being too generous to him? Yeah, well, no, <laughs> I, I think I think Alistair Clarkson is probably thinking exactly the same way you are with Stevenson. 
And he's probably got a little bit more, he's getting him a little bit more of a longer leash because of the talent the guy's got, but I, I don't think that'll last too much longer. Um, Eddie Ford will, will bash the door down sooner or later if, if Stevenson doesn't. Um, he, he needs a breakout game sooner or later or it's going to be hard for him. Um, because he has got great tone and hard to replace his speed. And, and, and the game is fast at the moment, so that sort of speed is invaluable, but he's going to have to do the things that you know, require. I, I don't think he's that far off. I, I, he's, he's, every week I just keep thinking, he's okay, he wasn't terrible, he's just like, he's okay, he shows some signs, but um, I, I think he'll survive this week, but I, I, I think otherwise, I'm, I'm assuming Phillips will come into the 22, Um and it depends on other matchups whether they bring in a, you know maybe Cordell's coming this week or not, and then I'm not sure what they'll decide whether it's Evil or Bonner or whatever else they do. And they might with Jack, they might think with Jack we don't want you to travel to the Fremantle, so we'll keep you let you have a rest this week, and, and we'll bring in Cordell that way. But um, but I, I do think that you know he's one game where Ford kicks four or five in the twos, and he is a bad one, and then I think Ford will get in the side. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I guess the criticism I will have of him, like he had a uh, set shot from 30 out, and he's got to kick those goals if he wants to get a regular game. You know, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, it, it's not the first time that's happened. He didn't kick through the ball, and he's a forward. He like he's played forward pretty much the majority of his career. Besides that, uh, we, we missed. I reckon we missed four goals from 20 meters out, almost dead in front. Hmm. Curtis missed one. Uh, you're right, Stevenson missed one. Ayla missed one late. It could have cost us the game. We, we actually missed quite a few sitters on the weekend, um, which hopefully we won't do going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all dropped punts. They weren't kicking them around the body or anything. They just um, they all just blocked them. But um, was, you're right, though. You can't be missing those goals at this level, 20 metres out dead in front. They, those, they can hurt you at this level, especially a side that's trying to build up like we are. Um, you know, and even, even Cunners missed that goal in the third quarter under no pressure. Uh, which is normally expecting to put away. So I thought that was one of the areas that we can improve on next week and taking our chances a little bit better in that situation. Yeah, I mean, at least, at least uh, that's the problem this year. Last year was just getting chances, uh, kicking like 40 <laughs> or 50 points a game. So, yeah, now, at least we've got something else to, uh, that's uh, more of a positive thing to focus on. Um, oh, yeah. Rather than actually, oh, let's just try and be competitive for a change. So, yeah, no, it's... Um, that's uh, yeah, at least that's exciting, I guess. Um, Frank, do you see any changes this week against the Dockers over in Perth? Um, different different matchup. Uh, they struggled. They'll be hungry to bounce back after against um, yeah, a disappointing effort against the Kilda uh, yesterday. So yeah, uh, do you see any changes for us this week? Oh, well, outside obviously the obvious one to replace uh, uh, Sherry. Um, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, thinking back, I'm not sure what Clarkson was sort of like at Hawthorne as far as um, winning and whether uh, he, he sort of still liked to flick players around. Um, and without the twos actually having a uh, an honest hit out, I don't know that he will. I'm a bit like Mark. I think Stevenson probably survives another week. Um, uh, obviously, Goldstein, I think, will come in. I'd like to see, like Mark, I'd like to see Phillips start on the ground. Um, but I don't know that there'll be too many changes that I can see. Yeah, what about yourself, Mark? Any changes? Yeah, I agree with Frank. I think, um, yeah, obviously, Goldstein, unless Free comes in, which is almost, I think there's no way that'll happen. Um, 
So it's a shame Goldstein's in, and then I, I think it'll be Phillips for ten, and I think that might be the only change. But that's it. I think the way Clark can think is he'll do it based on the right structure for the ground and the team he's playing against. So if he thinks he needs to bring in a certain type of player for strategic reasons, he wouldn't hesitate. You know, and he'll explain that to the players involved and everything else. And, um, so that could that could happen, and he's um, you know he's way ahead of the game in terms of understanding that. So you know, but but just from the outside looking in, that to me that would be the only change. I don't think there'll be any dramatic change. I mean, Core could come in for Bonner, but I think that would be pretty unfair given um, you know he's, they've only conceded three goals to the two tools down there. He'd be, he'd be a bit unlucky. Albeit that there was a few issues that they didn't clear the ball out of the area enough, but um, hmm. yeah, I mean, Paul would consider himself unlucky not to be in the side if he doesn't come in. But um, and I think that they're not going to rush Taylor back in for round one and then drop him for round two because he's hardly had much of a pre-season. So they want him in the side. So I don't think there's any chance of him going out, even though he looked a bit rusty at times. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's all I can see. What about you, Dino? Uh, yeah, I mean, the round one team was surprising, so you could expect anything. They could make four changes for all we know, but, um, yeah, look, I mean, Goldstein comes in for Sherry. Um, yeah, other than that, I can't really see anyone else, uh, going out. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe a Jaden Stevenson could pop out to, you know, if, uh, they believe Eddie Ford's, um, you know, um, in good enough form based on VFL well, yeah. form last week, but, um, yeah. He only kicked one in the VFL, so that's not to say he didn't have a great good game, but he, he wasn't mm. named in the best players, so it would be it would be a strange week to bring him in. Not that you have to, you know, it's not all about form in the VFL, but you'd rather bring him in on the back of a four goal game when his confidence is super high, you think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, a bigger ground uh, playing in Western Australia, so you probably need um, you probably need more runners, so mm. which is what we tended to go with. Uh, yeah, and yeah, you know, Hugh Greenwood could be that second ruck as well, um, helping out against yep. uh, Sean Darcy. So yeah, I mean they've got Tabana and uh, I was going to say Lauren Jackson there, but uh, Luke Jackson. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking there, but uh, yeah, I mean they're there uh, two core forwards, but um, yeah, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they bring in Aiden Core for maybe one of those two, but um, yeah, it seemed to work all right last week, so we'll see what happens. Um, this is a question. So Bailey Scott was playing on the on the one wing. Was it um, was it mainly um, Liam Shields on the other wing and Taylor? Yeah, it looked like Liam Shields was on the wing. Which, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it looked like Shields was on the wing. Yeah, I think they'll, yeah. they'll keep that uh, this week as well. He looked pretty good on the wing, so you know, uh, yeah, yeah, look, yeah. I mean, he's he's a very experienced player, so he knows how to play any role really in the team that he has to. So, yeah, uh, did you, uh, Mark? Did you want to add anything else before I let you go? No, I just think um, we're we're paying five dollars. Not that I'm advocating gambling, of course, but um, we're paying five dollars against Freo, which I think is way over the odds. I, I don't, I don't think it was a fluke. We beat West Coast, and I think we'll be better this week. I think we'll they'll go there full of confidence as a united group on the weekend, and I think um, we'll be competitive. It was a horrible game last year against Freo over there. Probably the, one of the worst of the season. That's probably the. It's probably at that point in time I start to feel like something has to change from a coaching perspective. So I think it'll be very different this week. I think we'll give a good account of ourselves. They've uh, they've played more than 24 hours after us and then had a bad loss and had to fly back after a, probably a quite a brutal game against St Kilda. So although we played in that heat, I think uh, we'll be a little bit fresher 
particularly if we've had a good recovery. So I think we'll do okay this week. I'm excited by that game. And their, their forward line, you know, not is struggling there and they're moving the ball slowly, so that will suit us. So I think we're a half a chance this week. It'll be hard, obviously, to beat three over there. I'm not suggesting we'll win, but I think we'll be a lot more competitive than people think. No, yeah, I, I agree, actually, with that. So, yeah, what about yourself, Frank? Anything else you want to add? I'd like to add one thing, and it's more of a question, Dean. I thought maybe it was because of the heat at the ground that I was seeing double and a few <laughs> beers, but it looked like the crowd was actually a really good crowd. 20,000, I heard. 21,000, yeah, yeah. yeah. 21,000, like, I mean, okay, look, we know who we are, we know what our supporter base is like, so I wasn't expecting 30, but in the back of my mind, I kind of thought, geez, I hope we don't get 15 or 13 or something like that. So I thought it was actually a really good atmosphere, uh, and uh, uh, obviously we, we made a fair bit of noise, as we had every right to, but um, I thought it was a, a really good crowd for a round one game, and with a win, hopefully that continues on. 100% agree. 100% agree, and we've got a good following in Perth, so we might hear a few cheers this week too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the what is it, the Ross Glendening Cracker Brothers end or whatever always turns up uh, yep. in numbers down, down there, so yeah, let's hopefully we can give them something to cheer about. Well, that's a good way to finish, uh, boys. Um, I really appreciate you both coming on the show. Um, I'm sure I'll chat to you next week. Hopefully we can get uh, all of us uh, together uh, at once. Uh, there's always usually one a late withdrawal. So, yeah, but um, no, I really appreciate you coming on the show. It was good to talk about a win, um, as, as I'm sure you agree. A bit more positive than last year. We were talking about 10-goal losses regularly. So, yeah, no, I really appreciate you going. One more thing, sorry. No, when sorry. was the last time we won a first-round game? I've got no idea, by the way. I think it was Adelaide no, right. Crows, um, where we went. Uh, we won our first nine games or something under Brad Scott. That's right. Last, last year of... Um, or, or, 2016. Yeah, that's, that's how right. long ago it was. Yeah. No, 2016. Was it? Yeah. yeah, that's where I'd have it. I reckon about 2015, 2014. Oh, that's a long time ago. Yeah. 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 That's, that's it. I'm going off the top of my head, but that's the exact year I was thinking was obviously the year we won those nine in a row to kick off the year. Yeah. Well, well, that's a, that's a very good sign in itself. Yeah. yeah. Start of a new era. All right. I hope so. Yeah, 100%. All right, boys. Well, thanks very much for coming on, and I'm sure I'll chat to you next week. Good on you, Dino. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dean. So thank you very much today, boys, for taking the time tonight uh, to catch up uh, for an in-depth chat. Uh, apologies once again for the quality of... The recording, uh, similar to last week with Troy Makepeace, still having dramas with the app. Um, so I had to basically do a conference call with the boys uh, and talk about it. But um, it wasn't too bad in the end. Uh, look, it was a bit uh, a bit scratchy and a bit funny. But um, yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't too bad in the end. And I hope all you loyal listeners got something out of it. Um, so that's it uh, for this show uh, today. I will be back later in the week. Uh, we'll do a preview of the round two game coming up against Fremantle. Uh, you know, so that'll be good because uh, we're going into it uh, with a winning record, which is uh, very rare for the North Melbourne Football Club, um, particularly the last five or six years anyway. So, yeah, that's very exciting. Um, I'll get someone on for that show. Once again, thanks to all you lovely listeners for all the likes, retweets, comments you guys have put on for the show. Uh, it's going out to more... Uh, viewers um and i'll have you love listeners to thank for that um you know i've been getting messages um 
apologies if I, I'm a bit delayed. Uh, if you do send me a message on Instagram or Twitter, that I uh, don't get back to you straight away. Sometimes it takes a day or two. I don't uh, usually check them that often, but um, yeah, I'll try and get back to you anyway um, if you do send a message. And apologies if I am a bit slow in uh, replying to those messages. But um, yeah, look, thanks for putting the word out to all your friends uh, and so forth, uh, giving ratings and uh, on Spotify um, and you know uh, on Apple Podcasts as well. It really helps helps the show grow and it goes out to more Northlands which is um what we want um and you know I, yeah I love doing it and um hopefully all you lovely listeners get something out of it anyways that's it uh for today's show so today I will leave a shout out to Mark Hello bye for now